0: Tonight, the expanding search in an aerial mystery after a series of objects are shot down over North America. Heightened vigilance in the air. Obviously,
1: there is some sort of pattern in there.
0: As more pieces of the balloon from China are retrieved from the sea. A new deal on health care. Ottawa's offer accepted by the premiers. I think Canadians want to see us working together. A financial remedy, but far from a long-term fix, plus a surprise standout at the Super Bowl, the sign language performer, shining bright like a diamond.
2: CTV National News with Omar Sachedina.
0: Good evening, everyone. Canada and the U.S. are racing to figure out exactly what was shot out of the sky this weekend, just as the U.S. recovers what it calls critical pieces of a suspected spy balloon from China. The Pentagon says electronics and sensors, which could reveal more about the balloon's purpose, were removed from the ocean floor near South Carolina by a crane. But that is just one of four objects shot down in the last nine days across North American airspace. CTV's Ottawa Bureau Chief Joyce Napier with the high-level investigations on both sides of the border.
3: Since U.S. fighter jets shot down the latest flying object over Lake Huron on Saturday, Canadian and U.S. forces have been scrambling to recover the pieces.
1: As soon as we are in a position to share more information about the recovery operations, we will, but in the meantime, we're gonna use every tool in our arsenal to protect Canadian airspace.
3: The Coast Guard dispatched its Griffin icebreaker to recover the object that may be at the bottom of Lake Huron. The RCMP is also involved in the operation. Canada's defense minister tweeting this afternoon that the Royal Canadian Air Force has deployed five aircraft to support efforts to recover the debris from the object that was taken down
1: over Yukon. There is much analysis going on at the highest levels of NORAD in both Canada and the United States to try and understand more, to facilitate in the location of the object and to uh, understand better. Uh, and be able to answer the questions that Canadians have.
3: Canadian and American military and intelligence agencies don't know or are not saying what these flying objects are or where they came from. The last three were shot down last week. This after a suspected Chinese spy balloon was down nine days ago over the coast of South Carolina. There is no question in our minds that that system was designed to surveil, that that was an intelligence asset. White House officials say China has a military balloon intelligence program that has been spying on the U.S. and its allies for years now. But it was detected only recently, stirring rumors and speculation that they may be UFOs. There is no, again, no indication of aliens or extraterrestrial activity with these recent takedowns. But still, say intelligence officials, these mysterious flying objects are no laughing matter.
4: I think... Uh, we're going to have to up our security level, our threat level.
3: Washington acknowledged that after the Chinese balloon was spotted and then shot down, NORAD modified its radar system, and that can explain why they are detecting more unknown objects in the sky.
0: Omar? Still, though, lots of unanswered questions. All right, Joyce, thanks. Signs in Beijing today that tensions with the U.S. may be rising over the suspected spy balloon. The Chinese foreign ministry spokesperson says the United States flew balloons in its airspace 10 times over the last year, a claim Washington denies. Canada's 13 premiers agreed today to accept the federal government's proposal for health care funding, but they say it falls short of what is needed to fix a system under stress and far less than what they were asking for. CTV's senior political correspondent Glenn McGregor now on the cash injection And the side effects.
1: After receiving an unprecedented offer from the Prime Minister, the Premiers today said yes.
5: We've agreed to accept the federal funding from health care but we also recognize that there's much more work still to be done particularly for the long-term sustainability uh, of the Canada health transfer.
1: Justin Trudeau last week offered up a 46.2 billion dollar increase in federal funding for health care over the next 10 years including a minimum 5% annual boost to the Canada health transfer Ottawa sends the provinces every year, and $25 billion for one-on-one deals with each province, tailored for their specific needs for mental health care, family medicine, and other priority areas. Although the Premiers have accepted that deal, with their health systems in crisis, there is still disappointment with its scale. It isn't anywhere near what was uh, requested by the Premiers for a significant period of time, uh, and, and that request was for the federal government to become a full funding partner. The agreement comes with strings. The provinces will have to share data showing the new money is making a difference for patients. Today, the Health Minister and Intergovernmental Affairs Minister were in Halifax, negotiating the terms of the deal tailored for Nova Scotia.
0: We believe that, yes, dollars matter, but for those dollars to have any sense,
1: they need to be translated in real outcomes for people. Jean-Yves Duclos and Dominic LeBlanc are on a cross-country sales trip to lock in more provinces. We're going to British Columbia tonight and then up north to the territories and then the prairies at the end of the week. Not a fix for a generation, as former Prime Minister Paul Martin once promised, but potentially enough to make a difference if used properly. I would start earlier with... with uh, primary care health care teams like we need teams rather than solo practice family doctors um, at, at the base of the system because without it you've got all sorts of people who just go straight to the emergency room with canada's population aging rapidly the premiers say they're still concerned about the longer term and want to negotiate funding beyond the government's tenure offer omar all right glenn thanks Toronto Mayor John Tory is staying
0: on the job until the city's budget is passed, despite announcing his resignation over a secret affair on Friday.
5: He has the moral authority. He has the legal authority. He has authority. He needs to get this through. This is an important budget for the city of Toronto.
0: Tory still hasn't submitted a formal resignation letter. The 68-year-old mayor admitted to an inappropriate relationship with a 31-year-old woman who had worked in his office. A shocking start to the day today in an Ottawa suburb when a massive explosion leveled part of a housing development, injuring at least a dozen people. Authorities say everyone has been accounted for and the search for cause is underway. CTV's Annie Bergeron-Oliver on the big blast caught on camera.
5: It was an unexpected and disturbing way for East Ottawa residents to wake up.
6: The dog started to bark and then the, the house shook. I didn't think earthquake but it felt like that kind of like like the house kind of rattled a little bit.
5: It wasn't a quake but a gas leak that sparked this major explosion and flattened four homes currently under construction. Dozens of others were damaged and the impact was felt kilometers away
2: you know, loud crash, and then we wake up, the ceiling is kind of like falling down on us. Our whole back of our house is just gone. Ian Carlson's home took a hit, but he's feeling lucky. His
5: family, including his infant son, are safe.
2: The, the ceiling kind of fell right onto the bassinet as well and kind of wrecked the bassinet. So if the baby was in the bassinet at the time of the explosion, I, you know, it could have been, you know, very bad.
5: A total of 12 people were treated by paramedics. Two had to be freed from beneath the rubble, including this individual who was caught in a house that collapsed and rescued roughly three hours after the blast occurred. It's a, a bit of a miracle that there weren't more serious injuries and we're thinking of those who were, who were injured. The shockwave was so intense it blew out windows of nearby homes, left lawns littered with insulation and blew shingles right across the street. The snow is now tinted pink from flying insulation. A small example of the damage homeowners now have to deal with.
0: Boom! And then this light flew open and then the door just opened too and then our alarms started going off and stuff like that. Yeah,
1: It was pretty crazy.
5: Cleaning up all of this debris will take time and so will the investigation to determine exactly what caused this explosion. The Ontario Fire Marshal's Office as well as the Ministry of Labour are leading that investigation. Annie Bergeron-Oliver, CTV News, Ottawa.
0: The death toll in Turkey and Syria has now surpassed 36,000, but there are still incredible stories of survival a week after the quake. One woman was found alive after 174 hours under the rubble. But with bitterly cold temperatures and waiting so long without water, scenes like those are increasingly rare. The rescue operation is shifting into a recovery operation with many still unaccounted for. The eastern Ukrainian city of Bakhmut was again battered by heavy shelling in what NATO says appears to be the start of a major new Russian offensive, days before the first anniversary of the invasion.
1: We have seen the start already. We see no sign whatsoever that uh, President Putin is preparing for peace.
0: The battle for Bakhmut has been grinding on for months as Russia and the Wagner mercenary group seek a foothold in the Donetsk region. For some of those fighting in Ukraine, having to face the loss of limbs from the battlefield is life-changing. But as CTV's Washington Bureau Chief Joy Malvin reports, a prosthetics lab is giving wounded warriors hope.
7: Hit by a Russian landmine eight months ago, 23-year-old Oleksandr lost both his legs above the knee. Now he's learning how to use his new ones.
3: It
7: feels amazing, he says. It feels like I won the lottery. Three days earlier, Alexei tried his new arm. Now he can hold a glass of water.
2: Can he relax his shoulder a little?
7: And Roman fitted for the first time with a new harness built right here at the medical center to holster his bionic arm. Looking into the mirror, he says kind of proudly, I look like a cyborg. Since Russia invaded, it's believed thousands of Ukrainians have lost limbs. And in a war zone, you won't find this state-of-the-art technology.
8: Including the foot is about twenty twenty-five thousand dollars
7: Mike Corcoran and his team have experienced treating America's wounded warriors, donating their time and raising nearly a million dollars on a mission to make these men feel whole again.
8: One of the patients that came over, we. We're told that he was suicidal, he's a double-above-knee amputee, he couldn't get prosthetics in Ukraine, and he was very, very um, depressed when he got here, but he's, he's doing fantastic now.
7: Condensing months of work and rehab into weeks, there are fittings.
1: Let me dial this up a little
2: bit more.
7: Adjustments, even skin color. This
2: is the one he liked.
7: Each day brings new confidence.
2: So so far, so good.
7: Roman won't be able to fight again, but as a construction worker, he'll rebuild after the war. Hopefully, he says, I'll do it with both of my arms alexander has been here the longest, fine-tuning his reflexes with those computerized knees. He stumbles to show he can get up again, planning not just to walk, but to run back to the front lines. It's a miracle, he says, I feel like myself again. This is where the hope is born. Hope and new tools to get their life back again. Joy Melvin, CTV News, Silver Spring, Maryland
0: such determination. Many in New Zealand are facing an uncertain future tonight as Cyclone Gabriel led to the declaration of a national state of emergency on the country's North Island. (laughs) Extensive flooding and landslides have caused widespread destruction. Many have been forced from their homes and some towns have been cut off. A lot of families displaced, a lot of homes without power, Uh, extensive damage done uh, across the country. It will take us a wee while to get a handle on exactly what's happened. Some areas received three times as much rain in one night than what usually falls in all of February. Time for a short break, but when we come back. All of a sudden, I just saw this whoosh. Targets of a violent U-Haul rampage in New York City. Plus, a stunning shooting star caught on camera. Terrifying scenes in New York today as the driver of a U-Haul truck went on a rampage, plowing into pedestrians and cyclists. CTV's John venavelli Rao reports.
2: Surveillance video shows some of the chaos, including a pedestrian leaping out of the way after a U-Haul truck jumped a curb with police in hot pursuit. A truck earlier seen careening into a bike lane and at one point smashing into a moped, leaving those who witnessed it all in stunned disbelief third pedestrian truck in the area and the uh, patients reported it's the same U-Haul truck. Beginning at 11 a.m. and lasting around 40 minutes, the U-Haul and its driver made its way through a half a dozen intersections in Brooklyn.
1: All of a sudden I just saw this whoosh and I saw this man on a motorcycle probably delivering something just being mowed down. In all,
2: eight people were hit. One of them is a police officer who was taking police action during this incident. Police were finally able to end the chase at a tunnel entrance leading to Manhattan, arresting driver Wang Soar, who is 62 years old. Reportedly, at one point, he screamed he wanted to die. Police say the motive is unknown. At this time, we have no indication that there is any terrorism involvement in this incident. A bomb squad was called to the scene. But inside the truck they found only clothing and other items, something the suspect may have been living in it. I just think the world is going crazy. Just crazy. With police now trying to determine if the driver acted intentionally. John Venavelli Rao, CTV News Toronto.
0: A Vancouver police officer has been convicted of assault with a weapon in connection with the arrest of a black man in 2018. No. Cell phone video shows officers arresting Jamil Moore Williams, who was stopped for jaywalking. Police say he failed to show ID, but the judge ruled tasering him three times was not reasonable or necessary. Constable Jared Sidhu remains on the force, but Vancouver police say they are assessing his status now that he's been convicted. Meanwhile, Moore Williams. Who claims he was racially profiled has filed a civil suit against the vancouver police department and a human rights complaint a manitoba man who spent more than 20 years behind bars for triple murder will get the chance to overturn his conviction robert sanderson was found guilty of stabbing three people in 1996 and received a life sentence but new DNA evidence has emerged, so Canada's justice minister has sent the case to the Manitoba Court of Appeal for a new hearing, concluding there was likely a miscarriage of justice. Friends and family of a 16-year-old trans girl stabbed to death over the weekend in a park southwest of Manchester, England, are demanding justice tonight. Brianna Jai had thousands of followers on social media Police say her murder is being investigated as a targeted attack, but do not believe it was a hate crime. Two 15-year-olds have been arrested. Still ahead, a journey a long time in the making.
8: Our people are just full of joy and our ancestors are uh, rejoicing.
0: A culturally cherished artifact back where it belongs. A sacred Indigenous artifact stolen more than 100 years ago is on its way home tonight after a decades-long fight to have it returned. A totem pole taken from a remote First Nation on B.C.'s central coast was removed from the Royal B.C. Museum today and began the journey back to the community whose history and stories are etched into it. Here's B.C. Bureau Chief Melanie Nagy.
4: In the heart of B.C.'s capital city... A crane carefully lifts and lowers something sacred but also stolen. Wrapped in protective sheeting is a totem pole removed from the traditional territory of the New Hulk nation.
8: He's coming home. Yay. He's coming home.
4: Snook Yal-Twa is one of the nation's hereditary chiefs. He's tirelessly worked to have the totem returned to his people.
8: I feel teary-eyed right now and I'm happy and sad at the same time.
4: Snook Yatois' pursuit is personal. He says his great-grandfather carved the pole that stood outside his family's longhouse near the town of Bellacoola until it was taken away in the early 1900s.
8: It's been a struggle. We had lots of struggles during this time.
4: For years, museum staff said the totem was purchased from the Newhawk, something the nation has long disputed, going as far as to file a lawsuit last year. It's been maintained and it's been cared for. Janet Hanus, who works at the museum, helped facilitate the totem's return. She acknowledges it took far too long. To Indigenous people, they weren't artifacts, they were cultural pieces, they were ceremonial pieces. The Poles' repatriation is part of a growing movement. Like the New Hulk, nations across the country are actively working to have their artifacts return. After two days of ceremony, the New Hulk will load the totem onto a transport truck. For more than a thousand kilometers trip back to the nation's territory, a long journey, decades in the making. Melanie Nagy, CTV News, Vancouver.
0: Canada's first Indigenous Governor-General says she has seen a rise in hateful remarks online and she is turning off all comments on her social media accounts as a result. Mary Simon tweeted, In recent months we have witnessed an increase in abusive, misogynistic, and racist engagement, including a greater number of violent threats. Camilla, the Queen Consort, has cancelled her public engagements for the week after Buckingham Palace announced she has tested positive for COVID. This is the second time the 75-year-old has tested positive, the first exactly a year ago. Sky in England and northern France were treated to a celestial light show early this morning when a flaming meteor plunged into the English Channel. Social media video shows the space rock streaking across the night sky before exploding over the water in what's called an airburst. It was spotted by scientists hours before crashing to Earth, only the seventh time in history they've accurately predicted a meteor strike. After the break, more history and the breakout signing star. Winning over fans on football's biggest stage. Well, the Philadelphia Eagles didn't lift the Lombardi trophy in last night's Super Bowl showdown, but a Philadelphia native did win fame. CTV's Heather Wright explains
6: suspended high above the field, cradling her baby butt. Rihanna kicked off a glitzy Super Bowl halftime show. Singing hit after hit, it was her first live performance in seven years. But the pop star wasn't the only one making headlines. Sign language interpreter Justina Miles quickly won a legion of fans for her energetic performance alongside Rihanna.
8: Any deaf person watching the Super Bowl must have felt like they were right there with a performance like that.
6: Christopher Deloge is a Toronto-based sign language interpreter who was dubbed a rock star for his work during media briefings in the early days of the COVID-19 pandemic. He says Mao's performance last night is a huge win for
8: inclusivity. Not just checking a box, but there's actually deaf people who want to be involved and included. And so when I see something like this, I think that this is going to change a lot of minds and hearts out there when they're thinking about getting a sign language interpreter or not.
6: And as Miles showed last night, you can't simply show up and sign the words. There's a lot of work involved.
8: We have to study the artist to see what is their demeanor, what's their vibe, what are they about, how can I represent them.
6: And many of Rihanna's songs have words not standard in American Sign Language requiring creativity to translate the music.
8: There's so many layers to how brilliant the work was that she did.
6: I'm Justina Miles. The 20-year-old Miles also performed alongside Cheryl Lee Ralph, one of several ASL interpreters at Sunday's Super Bowl. And as a hearing impaired person herself, Miles also made history as the first female deaf performer in halftime history but certainly not the last. Heather Wright, CTV News, Toronto.
0: Love her energy. That's a snapshot of this Monday for all of us at CTV National News. Thank you for watching. Good night.